0: In two days, the Ford government will table the Ontario budget, and soon after that, the provincial campaign will be officially underway. It unofficially began weeks ago. All the parties have been uh, making announcements as of uh, late. But by next Wednesday, at the very latest, we will officially be into the Ontario election. And when Ontarians go to the polls June 2nd, uh, you will have had uh, plenty of opportunity to vote. You can do it in advanced polls. There'll be uh, 10 advanced polls instead of five this year. You can also vote via the mail. Now, the uh, political parties have been wrapping up their announcements as of late. One of the popular issues in those announcements has been health care. As we were just discussing, health care has been identified as Ontarians, according to Ipsos for Global News, as one of the top issues in the provincial election this year. So let's talk healthcare. Dr. Adam Kassim is the president of the Ontario Medical Association and joins us now. Appreciate the time today.
1: Devin, good to be with you.
0: Healthcare, always an important uh, topic in Canadian elections, but maybe more so now, given the fact we've had uh, two plus years of a pandemic that has really uh, stretched the healthcare sector.
1: I think so Devin. I think that healthcare is on the ballot, uh, public health is on the ballot, and I think that Ontarians recognize that even the 21 million healthcare services that have gone delayed as a result of COVID-19 need a plan for the future. And so I think that uh, this is an important week for Ontario as it as it pertains to healthcare as it pertains to the budget uh, and moving forward we're going to uh, want to see commitments by all levels of government and all political parties uh, to really get healthcare back on track.
0: What can we do to improve healthcare in Ontario? So I think it first
1: comes down to identifying priorities. Obviously, this is a big issue and and the healthcare system is quite complex, but I would offer that there are five key areas that we need to focus on. The first uh, and foremost is the backlog of care that I just alluded to, the 21 million healthcare services that have gone delayed as a result of COVID-19. The second is focusing on expanding access to mental health and addiction services. We know that that's been exacerbated as a result uh, of the pandemic, and I think all of us can feel a little bit. uh, sort of closer to mental health challenges as a result of the lockdowns and, and and other measures. The third is really making sure that we can make home care, community care, and long-term care more robust. The fourth is pandemic-proofing our future, making sure that we're ready for the next one, whenever that should arise. And then finally, investing in the digital infrastructure for the future of health care probably needs to be uh, a, a top-ticket item uh, for the future as well.
0: The pandemic proofing, I think, is an interesting one. It kind of speaks to a lot of what you touched upon there. And I wonder if we have learned our lessons from the, the the issues that were exposed by the pandemic that existed beforehand, but maybe were exacerbated by it. Have we learned some of the lessons from the pandemic based on what you're hearing and seeing from the political parties?
1: I sure hope so. I, I think that the commitments that all... Uh, political parties that are making right now with their election campaign promises and and obviously heading into the writ um, are are signals that uh, there is a lot of work to be done. You know, in fact, the the provincial government, the incumbent government, um, they actually announced a pandemic preparedness bill uh, by Minister Sicaria, and that was actually welcome news. And there were other commitments most recently around home care with a billion dollars over the next three years with a number of other uh, commitments uh, baked in, in there as well. And so these are signals to the public That uh, the government and other political parties are taking this seriously and it really is going to come down to obviously the execution and ensuring that whoever is in power uh, starting June 3rd uh, can can follow through with those commitments.
0: Do we have the doctors, the nurses, the technicians, the specialists to do what needs to be done June 3rd and beyond?
1: Yeah, Devin, it's a, good que- it's a good question because it's not only the money that you have to throw at this problem, but it's also the health human resources, uh, which includes uh, the healthcare staff and the infrastructure. So doctors, nurses, therapists, et cetera. It's a, it's a challenge that we're facing in the profession as far as attrition. So people leaving or early retirement, but also figuring out a, a way forward as far as making sure that the new and aging population that we're going to continue to serve gets the care that they need. And it's why uh, the OMA in our organization for the first time is calling on the federal government to increase Canada health transfers to 35% of provincial and territorial spending because we know that healthcare is a team sport and the province can't do this alone.
0: You mentioned, uh, we've obviously been focusing on the provincial, you just mentioned federal. Is there, some, is there a role for local government? You're mentioning uh, all you know all levels of government here.
1: Yeah, and I would say that local governments um, have a role to play as, as it pertains to the public health response, especially when we consider public health units. I think that there probably needs to be a more streamlined governance model across public health units so that there's a little bit more consistency and, and some flexibility to react to um, uh, to public health crises. We also have to remember that public health units do more than just COVID response. They do um, immunizations and vaccination campaigns and, 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 and water uh, purification campaigns, etc. So we need to adequately Fund uh, the public health units, and that is a local issue and it's something that uh, local governments should pay close attention to as well
0: in terms of you know moving forward, you mentioned five key areas is there one that's sort of the linchpin for everything moving forward here that if we don't do one it really impacts the others?
1: They're all really interconnected, Devin, but I would say that um, one of the main problems that we're seeing in the space right now in the healthcare sector is that smaller problems are becoming bigger problems as a result of delayed care. And we can understand that over the past little while, patients might not have wanted to come into the hospital or to see their doctor because they were worried about catching COVID. And, And right now what we're seeing are advanced presentations of disease, which make things not only harder to treat, but also have worse outcomes for patients and are more costly for the system. So getting through this backlog of care, which includes um, diagnostics like x-rays, ultrasounds, mammograms, and colonoscopies, but also surgeries and procedures and access to primary and mental health care. These are services that we need to provide to patients because you can't have an economic recovery without a health care recovery, and this is part of uh, that whole recovery process.
0: In terms of funding, do we have a, are we funding enough, or is it where we direct some of that funding for health care?
1: Well, that's a little bit of both. So when we think about healthcare spending in the province of Ontario, in fact, Ontario has fallen so far behind in the last 30 years, spanning all uh, political parties in their time in government, that uh, in order to reach the national average of per capita spending here in Ontario, Ontario would need to invest an additional $5 billion a year per year. And so we believe that obviously with uh, a resource restricted environment, increasing Canada health transfers by the federal government would cover that. Uh, and so if when right now we're at 22% of spending, if it went up to 35%, that would be 10 more billion dollars additionally for the province, which would certainly cover uh, the shortfall needed to get to a national average right now.
0: We will follow closely. Uh, Dr. Kassam, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate it. That's uh, Dr. Adam Kassem, President of the Ontario Medical Association.